with us, we have Mitch Bartlett. Mitch, why did we bring you here? <laughs> uh, I guess to discuss uh, web technologies and building a website and how to do it. Exactly. He... Because as much as we go on the websites ourselves, I, I'm, I sound like a, an adult trying to fit in with the kids. I go on the websites. <laughs> do you use the uh, interwebs? The interwebs. <laughs> with the tubes? As much as we... Uh, as much as we browse around ourselves, creating and managing them is something that I am very novice on. I, I've done a little bit, but not really beyond the point of, like, Google websites, so... Oh, well, here to help. Yay! <laughs> so how was your day today, Kim? Today was a little crazy. We had a minor outage, so that was a lot of phone calls. <laughs> Ooh, like a power outage, network outage? Uh, I don't even know. Uh, There was just a lot of people affected so my team therefore had to answer the phone a lot but it wasn't like people that i directly support yet because they kind of introduce you in chunks so i just kind of sat there and watched as everybody else around me freaked out so that was kind of fun nice <laughs> how about you I, nothing nothing better than I, honestly i say this legit uh there's nothing better than being part of like a network outage or something and being like well i'm not networking i'm not on the server team None of this is my problem. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy nobody contacting me for a little while. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes you feel a little bit useless when the, the yeah. uh, introvert kicks in. <laughs> the most useless feeling, though, and this happened when I graduated college, first job out, is uh, power went out in my business a lot. Oh. So once you have the power go down, you run into the server room to gracefully shut down your servers. Mm-hmm. And then you're just kind of sitting there for like two hours. Because if you don't have power, there's nothing for an IT person to do. Right. You yeah. sure can't so do anything. So you're just like, well, I guess I can read, I think. <laughs> if I remember till, how to do that still. Until the battery on your Kindle goes down. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, that's rough. No, my, my day was pretty good. I We um, hit a big milestone at work where we actually managed our uh, ticket queue down to a lower amount. That what uh, our supervisor actually kind of told us that he gave up on that we were never going to get to that point. Oh, yeah, because he was like, Yeah, things just kind of took a turn for the worse. We lost people, things piled onto our team. It's oh. like, Don't worry about it, don't push to get to this ticket queue number. And we got there today, so that was pretty cool. Nice, very, very good. Yeah, so if uh, if people call in now, uh, they have a quicker uh response rate from my team so nice that's always that's a good always feeling good. to get those yeah. work milestones met what about you bitch how was your day oh the reporting system on our financial software went down uh, <gasps> after upgrades last night oh, so no. apparently we were using an ancient version of pearl from 1999 i believe it was and um it's only 20 years out of date yeah so once server got patched it uh, didn't play well so we're gonna they're going to revert it tonight, and hopefully it'll work tomorrow. So, fun story. Mitch and I here work at the same place together. <laughs> yeah. Um, I feel like there's a lot of legacy stuff at our employment. Like, uh, our, our time clock system. I hear a part that is necessary to run it. We actually have to buy at eBay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So uh, one, of, one of the, when I was going through training for Lawson, which is our financial software it uh the, the trainer from lawson told me that there's pieces of code in it from 1977 
Cobalt Code from 1977. So that was Wow. You know, and I I don't know. I feel like code is a little understandable. Like, if it's some kind of base code that it works, it's good. You know, I... Sure, but maybe it doesn't need to be. Yeah, yeah. I, I, they're still teaching it uh, at my college where I went to school. Yeah, because Wells Fargo uses it pretty extensively, I guess. It's supposed to go out when I was in school in nineties. It's not dated me. Oh, (laughs) it's all good. I was in school in the nineties too. (laughs) I I was in school in the nineties too. (laughs) Uh, maybe not the same. grade level as you guys pretty sure my husband was teaching you confirmation in the 90s (laughs) (laughs) i said i was in school i wasn't lying it's true (laughs) so i i kind of have actually a little bit of news here today uh a few things uh one thing that i'm kind of really excited about that i think is cool tech wise and one that i saw that i'm just kind of baffled by but i feel like it's something that we have to address because it's everywhere so i'll start with that first Everywhere? I saw that the Minister for Cybersecurity in Japan just got I just elected. Read this. And he has never used a computer in his life. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. He, and he, he was baffled about thumb drives. Yeah. So they elected, or he's been placed in a position to manage cybersecurity, but he's never actually used a computer before. <laughs> and I, I was originally like, how could you ever do this? But then I realized. That this is something that happens like every single year, even here in America. You know, we have Congress. Like, yeah, we have like <laughs> EPA uh, managers that were, you know, former oil, you know, lobbyists. You know, there's people that just are grossly unqualified for their position. Yeah. So yeah. it's like part of me wants to see a government run entirely by scientists and experts, but then a part of me is like, I work with people that are. You know, scientists and experts. <laughs> I don't know if I want them making decisions. Oh. You know, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. Like, do you think is, should there be happy medium? Should there be like, if you have a background in something, that should be required. If you're going to go into a specialty like cybersecurity, should you at least have to touch a computer? I've had plenty of jobs where my superiors know nothing about computers, and the times I've had to deal with them and explain things are it's just mind blowing and sucks up my time and I don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you have to have at least a concept of what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you might not know how to code in Python, but you have to at least understand what a thumb drive is and how computers talk to each other to be a cybersecurity person, I think. In part of that story, he had, uh, I guess, somebody was asking him about being briefed on something about the upcoming Olympics Olympics and him being, you know, doing some sort of security thing with that. And uh, he acted like he didn't know anything about it. And then he, he had one of his coworkers next to him and who was, oh, yeah, you were briefed on that. So he probably has a lot of employees underneath him suffering at his expense of his lack of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. I- it's uh. It's a fun part of politics out there. It's just so weird that, you know, you think... So, big thing. The reason why you've had a lot of guests here recently on this podcast, because I was in Japan for uh, 17 days. Actually, I uh, just didn't record a podcast in between and used an old one. 
Oh, well, there you go. Yay, backlog. Uh, so for people who are listening just now, I guess, I, I just got back from Japan. Yay. Go. Jealous. It's, it's an amazing country. You have to go. But I was very surprised. You think of Japan as like this high tech place. Mm-hmm. And it honestly isn't. Like cash is still very king. A lot of places can't use credit card. Interesting. Um, places that do use credit card are using very antiquated systems. Um, it's just hmm. not a lot of tech around. So, you know, at first this story kind of surprised me, but then I'm like, you know, I-, I could see where they're coming from. There's just a lot of old world mentality there sure. that something like this doesn't really surprise me as much as it would have before. I think you get bigger jobs based on honor, not so much skill over there. Yeah. Yeah. Which can be said for here a little bit. True. Uh, Seniority used to be at least a big thing in America. I know it's kind of waning a little bit, but um, yeah, no, I can can easily see where that's coming from, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then shortly, the other thing I kind of saw out there that I'm just really excited about, I kind of wanted to share because I'm excited about it, Mm -hmm. is uh, the, I think it's called Night Mode or Night Vision that Google made for their Google phones and their camera app. That'll I don't know if fun. you've seen it, but like it's hard to describe without pictures. But basically, it's a mode on your camera where you take a photo and it takes it at different like exposure levels, mm-hmm. um, kind of like HDR, you know, where it takes a whole bunch of different photos and stitches them together. Nice. But the amount of software or the algorithms that they used make it so that you take completely dark photos and it just makes this magical like twilight, just really neat. You can see everything in the photo. Cool. Yeah. No, you should look it up. Uh, I think it'll be rolling out to, I think, all the pixels here coming up. But Oh, really? Not just the three? Um, That's what I heard. Uh, the three will get it first. But, well, of course it uh, will. I think it's it's pretty cool that, you know, you. there's just no change to the hardware. But, you know, three years after I bought my phone, I'm about to get this giant update that's literally going to change the way I use my camera. Fingers crossed it doesn't brick your phone. Yeah, that's true. It, whatever uh, recent Android they're on actually kind of pretty much broke my GPS, and oh. that's a very common thing. So That sucks. Yeah. But it still is a good phone camera, so that's what I'm excited about. Well, there you go. Cool. Well, let's move on here. Uh, we kind of teased it at the beginning, but today we're going to be talking about uh, website management and creation. Um, Mitch, do you kind of just want to take off and tell us how you got into it? Oh, wow. (laughs) Going back. um, Well, when I first started, my mother and my father ran a small baseball card or sports card shop close to Wrigley Field. Oh. Um, And the internet was, this is dating me as well, but the internet was becoming big and uh, I I used a little uh, service called Prodigy. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I use Prodigy. Yeah. Um, So uh, they had a little service where you can make your own web page on Prodigy. It didn't last very long. Um, so I started learning HTML and built us a, a website just to advertise the business. And you know how it goes with once people know you know a tech skill, they want you to do it, usually for free. Yes. Uh, so I started building websites uh, for other people as well. I got into you know building them for realtors and construction uh, companies. Oh, cool. And then um, I got, I had a lot of help desk jobs when I was very young. 
So uh, what better way to kind of catalog your knowledge base than to build a website? And that's how my website Technopages came about, uh, just a searchable index of uh, useful tips. Um, sure. And the rest is history. It's been something I've dabbled in ever since while working my IT day job. Now, I think that's a... Uh... The website idea itself is actually really cool. Um, kind of just a repository of just different things that you come across, different people that write with you come across. And I um, I, I kind of <laughs> went down a, a, a rabbit hole, so to speak, when I was looking through it one day. Um, it's just <laughs> one of those easy places to kind of get lost. And it's like, huh, oh, well, I learned this. And I've been, you know, in IT for like 10 years now. Oh, yeah, that that's happened to me, too. Even. Yeah, it. Go ahead. It started as a, just a repository for myself, and then as people started, I, I, I discovered that people were finding me via, uh, this is also dating me again, AltaVista, search Alta engine AltaVista, and then Google eventually. But mm. uh, So then I started writing just everything. Anytime I learned anything, how to do things with my phone or oh, sure. fixed a problem, I would write an article about it, and the popularity grew and grew. So getting to the basics of it then, if you wanted to make a website, what is the the first steps that you're going to go about doing it? Do you need to know all this fancy HTML coding? Do you need to know all the different, you know, marketing strategies and high profile uh, <laughs> um, uh, website uh, crawler tagging? Uh, not so much. I would suggest you you learn a little bit of HTML, regardless of anything you're gonna use. You're gonna you're gonna want to learn a little bit of that, and it's pretty easy to pick up. I just you know you could look at the code on any website using your web browser and and kind of start to understand it. Uh, Linda dot com has a a great tutorial teaching the basics of HTML five. Um, so you need to know how to do more than that. But really, people these days they they use the the pre made stuff the the you know WordPress and Wix and uh, things that you just you can just now you can point and click and drag and drop and you have yourself a website. It's amazing. So you don't really need to rely on those technologies unless you're doing something really high end custom PHP. Um, if you you want to get into development and really getting in digging down and building your own tools and Python is probably the next up and coming. Everybody's adopting that as the technology for web services and building websites on the back end. So would you say kind of a, a basic website creation is a kind of more like a blogging, what people might be familiar with? Yeah, everything needs a blog. Um, and WordPress, which was um, it's a system you can use to, to blog, and now they have plug it, plugins you can add. You can put a shopping cart on it oh, uh, and do all kinds of things to modify WordPress now. So I think it all starts with blogging, yeah. So where do you, how do you get the place to go? Like, where do you get that name? What do you do for that? Like a domain name? Yeah. Like your .com? Well, uh, this is where a lot of people get hung up is, is where do I begin? And you got to get a name first and you can go to a place like GoDaddy. I use DirectNick um, okay. to register your domain name. And then you need a host. Now there's some services that do both. They'll make your name and host your your website i don't really like doing that because if i decide that i want to switch hosts it's not fast enough or something i uh don't like to have my domain name you can transfer it but it's a lot of work to do that but sure. um i register my stuff with direct nick and i have a host 
my web host is a2 host. So you need those two things. You need to register your domain and then you need to uh, get a host who's actually going to house the files to, that go to the, that uh, are your web page or your website. Right. So what, what are the kind of the costs behind that? Is getting a domain name pretty expensive? Uh, it's for direct Nick, it's $15 a year. I, I think GoDaddy's even cheaper. Uh, I think there were as little as 10 or five, uh, for some, but it depends, you know, they have the, all the different ones. Now they have .com, .net, .org, of course, but now there's, you know, dot .shop and dot, oh my. uh, triple X even, <laughs> uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, I just found so a bank very... today that their website is redneck.bank. So that was fun. Bank. Yeah. They, they got all kinds of, they got hundreds of them now, so. The prices vary widely based on which uh, uh, how e- which one of those you have. How easy it is to remember, usually, right? Yeah, every, you typically want a .com, but they're getting so hard to to find the the name you want for a .com that you you might have to resort to something like that. And people use Google anyway to to search for what they're looking for, so it's becoming less and less important to get something that's memorable. Fair. Just oh, your your cool. brand name somewhere in there. Yeah, that's a good point. I never really thought of is you don't usually go to a website directly anymore. You kind of just uh, throw it into a search engine and yeah, because you're not sure it. if it's a dot net dot org dot yeah or whatever show dot shop dot <laughs> yeah. band. So you you get your your domain name and you kind of get the place where you're going to host your site and you kind of even touched on it before. Um, you know, you 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 get a little bit of HTML, uh, a little bit of that knowledge in. Um, you mentioned you use what again? Uh, I use it as the backend. I use WordPress. WordPress. Which do you recommend? Have... Is that good for a beginner? Would you recommend something more like a like a Tumblr that redirects to your domain name? Well, WordPress actually has a a site where you can just make your own blog on WordPress.com. Oh, that's the site where you can you can go there and you they they host your everything hmm. and i think you, you get some sort of domain like your name.wordpress.com so it's not entirely 100% customizable and then there's wordpress.org which you can download the software put it on your web host and then make your own site okay and i'm guessing every kind of um the more you want to get into it the more customization you want the more you're going to end up paying um not really. You get a you get a web host. You can put any files on there. It's just what kind of files you want. Um, hosting is usually base. It's about ten dollars a month, the cheapest one. But um, really, the only thing uh, that's holding you back if if you're on a budget is speed. So when you pay, you're paying for more high end equipment that uh, you know more RAM, more databases, um, and if you want more domains on your on your one mm-hmm. server. Uh, some hosts may charge you a little bit more for that. So if you're hosting for, things like uh, videos, you're probably going to have to pay a little more. Yeah, they they measure your bandwidth. I've never had a problem with bandwidth since I'm not dealing with video. But yeah, if you if you want to do something like that or or high resolution photos, you'll probably need a little bit more bandwidth, and you'll have to pay through the nose for that. <laughs> Man, I wonder how much uh, YouTube has to pay. Oh wait, Google. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, all right. I, so the big thing that always hung me up is, you know, I, I have done a little bit, I will admit, uh, things like, uh, 
oh, I forget what it's called. Just different like template, you know, places out there. Um, I think I've done Blogger made it into a website. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I have a little bit of knowledge of just like template website creation. The thing that always stopped me and the thing that I was always kind of interested in was the shop side of things. And that always hung me up because I always felt like I needed to go. Like, it just felt weird to me. Like I, I, I already had my hoster. I had my template creator. But then I needed to go find other people like uh, whoever was going to handle all the transactions and host my, you know, my, uh, I don't know what to say, host my inventory, stuff like that. Do you have any kind of uh, information or experience with that? Shopify is probably, you know, like we, we mentioned the Squarespace and, you know, mm-hmm. there's also Google Pages, Wix, uh, Weebly, that those are all point and click and drag and drop and you can make your own website. Shopify is that for the shopping cart. Oh, um, okay. So they'll handle, you can put in inventory and they'll handle the payments and everything. Is that um, like a, a plugin that you kind of install onto your website? No, it's a service. There might be a plugin somewhere. wouldn't surprise me, but uh, that's it's a standalone service that you can uh, just go on their website and set it all up and it's all point and click and you enter the information, you have yourself a nice little shopping cart website. Interesting. So would you just take your domain name that you've created and purchased and are hosting and just point something to the Shopify side? Correct. You can you can point the DNS entry to their uh, name servers. And when you type in the name in the web browser, it'll resolve to them instead. You can always switch that. Gotcha. I have to look up what DNS stands for. <laughs> <laughs> domain name system, which is basically how your computer takes the words you type in and puts it into an IP address, usually. Right. So your computer knows where to to get the information from. So when you're doing the host thing, do you have to worry about picking like IP addresses and all that? Or is that usually just kind of bundled? No, your host will worry about that and how it all resolves. Uh, You just have to worry about the name and uh, your host will tell you, you know, when, whenever you want to point something at a certain server, they'll tell you, go to your, uh, wherever you registered your, your domain and update the name servers with this information. They'll, they'll give you everything you need to know. Well, that's good. Um, so you can make a website and this seems fairly easy with all the options that exist now, but when it comes to like making your website more findable more usable what are like search engine type things like if i want to be found on google service desk podcast is kind of hard to find because service desk is real common what can i do to change that uh you can use more words on your website like podcast uh specify what separates you like that you're an actual podcast and maybe use your names and talk more on your website about uh, the things you've discussed on the podcast before. Uh, Even, uh, you know, maybe with a closed captioned, you know, text is always better. You can put a text version of your podcast there so it can be indexed maybe a little bit better by Google. Um, I think one day Google's going to figure out how to decode what we're saying in this audio right now, and that'll all be searchable one day if they haven't already, but. But for now, text is king, and you have to have a lot of text to be found in uh, in the search engines. Yeah, I'd be surprised if uh, YouTube it doesn't at some point do something along those lines where 
it kind of searches for what side because they're already doing like auto transcription. Right. So it would just be a, a simple. I I would imagine the only thing keeping them from doing it right now is the whole advertiser thing where if something goes wrong, advertisers don't want their videos being thrown into you know controversial topics. But right. Um, sp- speaking of advertising, uh, could you kind of explain a little bit? about the advertising side of things when it comes to websites? Uh, well, yeah, I, what I like to do, I, I, everything's pure SEO, which is search engine optimization. Um, I'm pretty good at getting my sets found naturally, so it kind of advertises itself. But uh, I do have a few clients who I built websites for who want to get out there really quick, don't have the time to build links or write content. Uh, so what I advise they use is AdWords, which I guess now they switch the name, it's Google Ads. And you can, you know, it's the ads you see everywhere when you, well, I don't know if you use an ad blocker, but if you don't use an ad blocker, you can, you know, they have uh, their AdSense network that runs on various websites, including my own, Mm -hmm. uh, that you can advertise on. They also, uh, they have those ads on Google.com when you're actually putting in a search, you know, you 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 can use the Google ad service to be found with certain keywords, uh, like Sioux Falls web design. I, I used to advertise uh, for that search engine uh, for that, uh, those keywords. Um, and it's a little spendy, but if you want to get up and running pretty fast and find some customers quickly, uh, highly recommend it. So I know there's ways to tell like how many people are visiting your website. So you can kind of get a feel for if the advertisement's working or, you know, where it's all coming from. Um, how do you get that kind of analytics once you've built the website to kind of get a feel for who's coming to it? Well, a lot of uh, the web hosting providers provide a lot of that technology. They have a, a utility that they can give you. It's not very robust, though. Uh, what I use is Google Analytics. You just cut and paste a little snippet of code on your website. And it records everything for you. It tells you how long somebody's on your site, how many people came, and what they looked at. Uh, and you can even get to where they're mouse pointer was when oh. they were on your website it's it's that detailed uh also the some of the frameworks that we've mentioned like uh, squarespace and wordpress they like wordpress has a plugin called jetpack kind of gives you everything you need to get started yeah. and and that has a uh a analytics and a web counter on it as well so you don't just have the little counter at the bottom that flips over everybody <laughs> every time somebody visits <laughs> You'd still have that, but it's a little tacky. It's not 1998 anymore. I just want Along dancing hamsters, okay? Dancing hamsters I, I and remember, the little uh, logo. I remember one of my uh, free web hosting websites that I made back when I was a kid. I think it was uh, like freewebs.com slash Star Trek is awesome. <laughs> uh, I went there recently and I got a warning that there's malware somehow on it. So oh, nice. I, I've stayed away from it, but. I remember sitting there and refreshing the page just to see the counter go up. <laughs> so that's how good those counters are. You're a dork. No. <laughs> I, I wanted to see views, you know? So those 800 views totally were not me 798 times. Did it have a little logo at the bottom that said, please use Netscape Navigator mm-hmm. to view this page correctly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. Exactly. Yeah. But... Oh, how far we've come. Yeah, this podcast really made me feel old. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. Yeah. But um, 
And then as far as like you've got your analytics, you've got your stuff like are there ways to like automatically update? Do you have to be on this thing 24 seven or every day, every week? Like what kind of time are we talking? Uh, it, it really, well, the more work you put into it, I believe the more work you put into it, the more traffic you're going to get. I, I can say every second that I put into my websites pays off in some way. So it's not wasted. So it just depends on how much of an audience you want. Um, if you just let it sit and, you know, if you're a store and you really have no need to put much content on your website and you're not going to engage as many people, they'll just find you and figure out how to get to your store. Uh, you put in the time to actually write blogs and interact with your audience, post some things on Facebook and Twitter as well. I, I think that'll pay off. So it's up to you. It's wide open how much you want to work, I guess. So you mentioned Facebook and Twitter. Is there a lot of social media to go along with the normal website design? Um, it, it sounds like a lot of people get hung up on, oh, what do I do? On Facebook, I have no content to put on Facebook. I have no content to put on Twitter. And, you know, you see when you whenever I'm sure you see it when you're on your accounts, you'll see all these businesses that you've liked. They're bombarding you with endless, you know, stuff you don't care about. Yeah. Like, come schedule an appointment with us mm -hmm. because it's Veterans Day or something, you know, <laughs> it's some Perfect stuff that makes no haircut. sense. Yeah. So people are asking me like, what do, what do I, how do I get stuff to put on Facebook or Twitter? And I, I tell them to not worry about that. Twitter should be a channel for you, people, your customers or other people with mm -hmm. like interests to interact with you, to be able to contact you. And um, maybe you take some of the, their ideas that they give you and, and post about it and start a conversation. Sure. Makes uh, sense. I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, if I have a lot of people asking me the same question, like, how do I speed up my computer or free up hard drive? Then I'll post something about that because sure. then I know they're going to be interested in it and it'll start a conversation. That makes sense. But don't, like, go out of your way to make Twitter specific or Facebook specific, whatever. No. Uh, okay. A lot of people think, I'm going to get on Twitter and I'm going to get on Facebook and I'm just going to post a bunch of stuff. And I'll be raking in the dough from the customers. It doesn't work like that. <laughs> just use it as, uh, just make a page, put, some, put a little graphic on there, and, and wait for people to come to you. Fair. That well, with all this, uh, with all this uh, talk that you've been doing, I, I'd love to hear. We like the people who visit our podcasts. We like to let them uh, kind of plug in what they're doing and what they're passionate about. So what is your site? You know, what's it about? And where can people find you? It's technopages.com. Um, that's one of the many. I also have a uh, highride.com is for automobiles and how to do things with that. Uh, you can tweet me at Mitch underscore Bartlett. What was the second one? The second website was highride.com. H-I-R-I-D-E. Uh, I had no idea you were a car guy. I'm not, but uh, cars, cars are becoming more and more electronic, yeah. as you know. So like things, how to hook up huh. your phone your car and how to reset the oil change light people want to know that so that's actually that's really cool so that's where we can reach you you can reach service desk on twitter at service desk pod you can find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash service desk podcast you can go to our website and 
and see some more information about us over at servicedeskpodcast.com and submit a ticket by going and emailing servicedeskpodcast at gmail.com. And I did just confirm, if you just Google Service Desk Podcast, the first listings that are not ads are us. So, Oh, nice. There you go. Look at us. We've done no search engine optimization, but hey, we're up there. Woo. (laughs) You're going places. Help us be higher on that search engine optimization by rating and reviewing (laughs) us. Exactly. Uh, And please leave a comment and share with your friends. I'm Andrew. I'm Kim. And And we we are are your your techie techie friends. friends.